Welcome to America's Pal. I am your host, Darren White. This is the number one rated podcast. It's being recorded in my man cave. You can find us everywhere podcasts like to hang out, Spotify, iHeart. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. If you really need a reason to poke your own eyes out, look for America's Pal on YouTube. Uh, make sure that if you do follow me on any of those outlets, uh, to hit that subscribe button, give me a five-star review, whether it's terrible or not. It does make me feel better. Um, give me a five-star review, and most importantly, share this message with your friends on your social media platforms. Talk about it at work. Share, pe- share with people this message from America's Pal, our truth, our founding, our history, and the truth about our republic. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who suffered through all 10 of our first episodes. We made it to 10 last week. I wanted to celebrate with the balloons, kazoos, the whole smash, and supply chain issues, all that. No balloons, no uh, no kazoos, which I think there was a new law saying that there are no kazoos allowed. There's nothing to celebrate. But 10 episodes, I'll celebrate that. Um, anyhow... Before we get into this week's topic, this week we're going we're gonna to hit on the Trump raid and how our institutions lost our trust. We'll get into that. Um, we've got a new segment uh, that I'm going to be introducing later on. We're going to close out the show with Florida Man's Pun and Done. Florida Man will tell puns, jokes, the whole smash right at the end of the program. Bring you up a little bit if the message is a bit heavy or whatever, but we're going to close everything out with... Florida man's pun and done. But before we get into any of that, we have to go to our Deadbeat sponsor break. Obviously, Deadbeat sponsors don't pay anything to us because I make them up myself and we don't have any paying subscribers or sponsors at this time. So, suffer through this week's first Deadbeat sponsor break. This portion of the program is brought to you by Captain Ramirez Submarine Shales and Service. Are you in the market for a Typhoon-class submarine? Does your current submarine need a little sprucing up before nuclear war season? Does your submarine lack the pizzazz your neighboring superpower submarines have? Have you recently acquired a super-secret submarine and are looking to make some extra rubles or dollars? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then Captain Ramey's submarine sales and service is the place for you. To contact Captain Ramey's submarine sales and service, you must send one ping. One ping only. Welcome back to America's Pal. Um, You know, I think it's time we... Maybe we added a deadbeat sponsor or two. I'll have to work on that. Um, But let's dig right into, as we do every week, our weekly news outbreak. So we're going to start with a recent Fox News poll states that 75% of Americans are unhappy with the direction of the country under Joe Biden's leadership. In response to this poll, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre said this administration is proud to be uniting Americans across all spectrums in ways we haven't seen since the Great Depression. Hashtag unity is real. 
Author Salman Rushdie was stabbed multiple times on stage while giving a lecture in New York this week. The 75-year-old Satanic Verses author is expected to survive with severe nerve damage and the loss of an eye. In response, the White House is sending another pallet of cash to the Iranian government, who has held a bounty on the author for decades. From the Corporate Fascist Desk Internal communications from inside Twitter reveals that the White House reached out to the social media giant asking why they haven't banned journalist and vaccine-not-vaccine critic Alex Berenson yet. Twitter CEO Parag Argwal responded by telling the administration, Not to worry. The fascists at Twitter are fascisting as fast as they can fascist, and the journalist will be placed in the digital gulag faster than you can say Mussolini. President Biden put his mathematical skills on full display multiple times by stating that there was zero inflation in the month of July. Calculators nationwide collectively facepalmed and said, Joe, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Attorney General Merrick Garland stated that he personally signed off on the unprecedented FBI raid on former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home last week. When asked about the possible conflict of interest, the AG said, Of course there's no conflict of interest. Sure, Donald Trump is the reason I am a lowly attorney general and not a Supreme Court justice today, but that's no reason for me to recuse myself. Now, if you don't mind, I have soccer moms that are waiting for their FBI investigations. The CDC dropped many of their COVID-19 quarantine and distancing guidelines last week. When asked, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky said that the CDC is confident that their two-and-a-half-year mass psychosis experiment has been a complete success and the global population has proven that the masses will do anything they're told regardless of how ridiculous it may be. And we can round up the rest anyway. The so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which the CBO says will do next to nothing to reduce inflation, does have a silver lining. The massive spending bill would create jobs for 87,000 new IRS agents and arm them to the teeth. When asked about the massive increases for the department, IRS Commissioner Commissioner Charles Reddick said, Not to worry, friends. The new and approved IRS is only going to focus on you, the average American. The Clintons, the Obamas, Hunter, and the entire Biden family will remain completely free from scrutiny. According to reports, the FBI spent hours in former president's private office and in former First Lady Melania Trump's wardrobe. In an open letter to Hackers Worldwide, Julian Assange said, Fellow information harvesters, if you haven't created a website releasing all of the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop and the Epstein list and named it Melania's Closet, then you're just wasting everybody's time. Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson, who is facing dozens of charges relating to massage parlors and sexual misconduct, said in an interview that he is truly sorry to all of the women that he has impaled. Correction, impacted. No further comment necessary. The World Health Organization is holding a a forum to rename the monkeypox virus to avoid any derogatory stigmas. Currently, the top proposed names for the virus are tied at Bumpy McBumpface and No Touchy Bumps. From the Daddy Warbucks desk, the Biden administration sent an additional $4.6 billion directly to the Ukrainian government last week, bringing the total since February to nearly $60 billion. When asked, Zelensky said, With this amount of unchecked cash flowing in, I see no reason we can't drag this out at least a decade or so. 
disgraced CNN personality Jeffrey Tubin, who made headlines by exposing himself to co-workers as he was multitasking on pornographic sites during a company Zoom meeting, is leaving the network after 20 years. When asked, CNO, CNN CEO Chris Light reassured all of the staff that he will spare no expense hiring a biological cleanup crew to thoroughly disinfect Jeffrey's office. And if that does not work, he is not ruled out completely demolishing the entire building. And that sums up this week's Newsly News Outbreak. All right, before we get into this week's topic, we got one more deadbeat sponsor to get to, and then we will jump right into the Trump raid and how our institutions have lost our trust. This portion of the program is brought to you by Irish Winter Bar Soap. Winter is coming. You're going to need a bar soap strong enough for the winter, not the spring. Irish Winter Bar Soap is strong enough to wash away a thousand years of battle. Lifetime of pestilence and plague will melt away. It will wash away famine brought upon you by a winter's icy grasp. Irish winter bar soap is made in a cauldron hotter than the very surface of a thousand burning suns not seen here in generations. It's made with the lie from the ashes of our ancestors who died in the battles of kings and emperors. And it's blended with the crumbled ruins of our castles from days long ago. Infused with the healing of the red clover, the bluebell, the meadow sweet, and just a dash of the poison of bog rosemary. Prepare for the winter with Irish winter bar soap. Strong enough to wash away the winter as you pray for springtime. And welcome back to America's Pal. This week we're going to get into, like I said, Trump's raid and how our institutions lost our trust. But I kind of feel like we need to recap what I was talking about last week because it was odd. I, I was recording this ep- the last week's episode on Monday. And <clears throat> while I was recording and processing and doing all of that, Apparently, the news had broken about this Mar-a-Lago raid, so I knew nothing about it, but there was a there was some stuff in the news the week before that really jumped out and got me thinking, so what I was talking about last week was how our federal government is leaning on these institutions to intimidate, to step around our law. I read the Fourth Amendment, how some of these bureaucracies, it doesn't matter to them. They're just going to they're gonna step around it. So just some of the headlines from last week. How about the ATF in Delaware and Ohio? Going up to people's houses, knocking on the door, saying, hey, we see you bought some firearms. We'd like to see them. And... The person in Delaware was was happy to oblige. I've got nothing to hide, blah, 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 blah. And it was all recorded on camera. And they just like, it's just our, our policy. Well, 
well, no, your policy doesn't fit within the U.S. Constitution. Then it escalated. It went to Ohio. The ATF goes and knocks on this door. The husband's not home. The wife calls the police. The ATF agent loses his cool and ends up in an armed standoff where he won't he won't put his hands up. He won't he won't get down on the ground. The, the two law enforcement officers end up forcing him to comply, putting him in cuffs. It was a huge mess, all caught on the police body cams, and. The ATF is stepping around our Fourth Amendment, just just going, hey, the American public is so stupid that whatever rights they have, it doesn't matter to them. So the and and ninety ninety percent of the time, they're absolutely right. Um, you look at the Loudoun County School Board. I was talking about how the Department of Education had leaned on. The Attorney General Merrick Garland, his name rings a bell this week. Apparently, he's been a little bit popular. Asking them if they can, if the if the Justice Department will investigate parents who attend school board meetings, who are reading the pornography that these teachers are reading to their children. They're just reading it out loud, or perhaps they're they're questioning the Marxist. Uh, the curriculum that they're pushing in the schools. Or perhaps it's a father whose daughter's rape in the school bathroom by a young man who was allowed to be in her bathroom because he preferred to wear a skirt from time to time and how their that school board had ignored it. That was in Loudoun County, Virginia. So the what does our Department of Education do? They lean on the Attorney General to use the Patriot Act, you know that one that was from 20 years ago that everybody was rah-rah, we're all 100% behind, let's kill us some terrorists, we got to end this, we got to be safe. But some people were raising alarm bells about, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't quite right, it's not passing the smell test. So now they were warning us 20 years ago that they're going to use this Patriot Act on you. There's nothing that's going to stop them once they get this power. And sure enough, here we are with school board. Uh, Attorney uh, General Merrick Garland, when questioned in Congress, said, I I don't have any record of anybody ever being investigated by the FBI for attending a school board meeting. And then just weeks later, he was read a list of the names of the parents whose, whose the FBI just happened to be visiting. Imagine how chilling that might be. Average soccer mom just, you know, or or dad just middle class you don't have a team of attorneys you don't have a whole lot of resources you're living paycheck to paycheck maybe you got a couple of bucks in the bank and the FBI knocks on your door because you spoke out at a school board meeting imagine what level of intimidation that might feel like for somebody that doesn't have the funds to fight uh, a res- fight a, a legal system that has unlimited power and resources. They'll stop at nothing. If they get it in their, in their head that you've done something wrong, doesn't matter if you've done something wrong, they will ruin you. They will destroy your life. I know of people that have spoken out as school boards and... Now, every time they go to a, a soccer game or whatever, there's police cars that follow them everywhere they go. 
So that level of intimidation is is what we're supposed to be worried about. We're supposed to question. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you fall on. But while I was going through these topics, how about uh, um, when they changed the definition of, of what a vaccine, the CDC just says, well, technically this vaccine isn't doing what vaccines do, so we're just going to redefine it. And then, any, and, then, and then still continue when it behaves more like a therapeutic or it doesn't, but it doesn't do what they said it was going to do. Um, they just rename it. And then if you start questioning why you keep trying to force this on people, they just go, well, you're arguing semantics. We've already changed the definition. You're not using the current definition. And it makes, you, it, and it, it makes people wonder, well, why am I supposed to trust? If the CDC, who's supposed to be looking out after my health, who pushes this particular drug on the American public, they're pushing it worldwide, and then when it's not as effective as they expect it to be, they just redefine what a vaccine, something everybody's known what is for decades, and they rename it. And the American public is just supposed to trust that? Doesn't that give you pause? And again, I ask you, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you might find yourself doesn't that give you pause? So I'm asking these questions last week, and the entire time the news is breaking that the FBI has raided the former president's home, searching for whatever it may be. They finally released uh, the, the search warrant itself, which those never give you any specifics. They don't give you anything. Now they're squabbling over whether or not they should release the affidavit. So... Our institutions, the ATF, the FBI, those are supposed to be some of the most trusted institutions in our country. They're supposed to be looking out for you, but they have been turned against you. Um, look at the IRS, that Inflation Reduction Act. They've, they've In that Inflation Reduction Act, which does nothing, absolutely nothing, ask the CBO the Congressional Budget Office. They said it will do very, very little to reduce inflation. So you've got a bill that they called the Inflation Reduction Act because they couldn't get their multi-multi-trillion dollar bill passed. So they're piecemealing it. And they convinced Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema to fall right in line. But what does it do? It's carve-outs for green energy. I'm not sure how that re- reduces inflation in any way. More money to solar panels, more to, to wind, nothing to our, to our industry. And it didn't, uh, in our, our conventional energy industry, doesn't do anything for that. Doesn't do anything for infrastructure. Doesn't do anything. All the things that they claim to, to we have to do the infrastructure, our crumbling roads and bridges, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't do anything for that. But it does take $80 billion so that they can hire 87,000 new IRS agents. 87,000. I think the current number of of IRS agents is somewhere around 76,000. This will double them, more than double them in size. Give them $80 billion. By the way, they just spent, uh, what was it, seven hundred and. 
I forget if it's 700 and something uh, million or thousands of dollars in ammunition for the IRS. So it's not like it's an institution that you really want to trust or should trust to begin with. But this whole infrastructure bill that they pared down and now called the Inflation Reduction Act, what does it do? It sends 87,000 new IRS agents. And again, the CBO also said that, yes, small business owners will be in their sites. They expect to gain $20 billion in revenue from small business owners. That's not those fat cats, those millionaires and billionaires that aren't paying their fair share, quote unquote. No, they are. This is not misleading. This is what the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, is saying. So again, last week I'm talking about them forming an army of IRS agents. I'm talking about the ATF going door to door asking if you wouldn't mind if we stepped around your constitutional rights, you know, for safety. And people just haplessly just, yeah, sure. Now, all you've got to say, and it doesn't mean I'm going to take this giant bold stand, it might put you on their little, let's watch this one a little more closely list. Um, Sir, that's not within the Fourth Amendment. And if you don't have a warrant or probable cause... I'm well within my rights to purchase firearms for whatever reason. As long as I'm not using them unlawfully, that's, it really is none of your business. And then you can tell them to have a nice day and move along. So the ATF steps around that. Our Department of Education, which was so important that we have, we must have this department, this Federal Department of Education, you know, for the children. We're supposed to have a Department of Education that's a blanket, one-size-fits-all, every kid, no child left behind. There is no unique child. And after 40 years, some odd years of the Department of Education, it has run so far off the rails that they're allowing rapes in the bathrooms by transgender-identifying children. They're teaching cultural Marxism openly. Marxism. And they're making no apologies for it. And if you question it, that Department of Education will go to the Attorney General. His name's Merrick Garland. You might want to look him up. He's your champion. You know, he's the champion from last week. Look him up. And he's the guy that will send the FBI, that, that, uh, that, uh, the, the bureaucracy that was supposed to be keeping you safe. But no. They're going to send them after soccer moms, people concerned about their child's education. So the entire time I'm talking about that, guess what's happening? The FBI is, now they, it had happened um, hours before in the, in the early morning hours, but the news was breaking while I'm talking about, last Monday, while I'm talking about these topics, the news is breaking that they had just raided the home of the former president of the United States. Um, doesn't that seem just odd? They're raiding the home of the former president of the United States, and they're, they're claiming it's about documents, blah, 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 blah. Now, the president of the United States has the very highest top-level clearance. He can declassify anything he wants, and he did so. 
So is it really about that? They spend an hour or so in his office. They spend hours in his wife's closet, Melania's closet. And from the weekly news outbreak, no, I'm actually serious. If there's somebody that has access to Hunter Biden's laptop and they're not making a website calling it Melania's Closet and then if you click on it, you just get all the information from Hunter's laptop, you're wasting everybody's time. But they go through all of this. Now, what happened over the weekend, the previous weekend, the CPAC, the, the Conservative Political Action Conference was happening. This They do this every year. Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, was the headliner closing out the, that uh, conference Saturday night. The end of the conference, they take a straw poll. And everybody in the conference, thousands of people, they, they take a straw poll and they poll the audience to find out who they think that the next Republican nominee for president will be. Who do you think won that? Now, it doesn't matter to me what you think about Donald Trump. Doesn't matter to, it really doesn't matter to anybody else what I think about him either. I've got good things and bad things to say about him. But Donald Trump won that poll at the largest, at the largest conservative conference in the nation by 67%. That was on Saturday. Monday morning, the FBI is now raiding his home. Doesn't, doesn't that in, the, in any way bother anybody that's not just a, not a real solid Trump supporter or Republican at all? Doesn't that give you pause? To go, look, if they can turn the FBI, the, the projected, here's what's really dirty about that. Is he's the projected, he's the guy, they keep saying Joe Biden's going to run for president again. Guess who, more than likely, all the Vegas odds makers are saying it's going to be Donald Trump. And they do this, of course, right before the midterm elections because their news, everything that they've been working on for a year and a half has been so disastrous for our nation that they've got to get something else in the headlines. So what do they do? They unleash the FBI on the sitting president's potential opponent in the next presidential election. Doesn't that bother you? I mean, if you're not on if if you're not on a conservative side of the aisle in any way, and just the fact <clears throat> that the sitting president of the United States and his Justice Department, Merrick Garland, appointed by Joe Biden, who said personally signed off on the warrant to go and raid Donald Trump's home. Joe Biden's potential political opponent. Why don't we rewind? Because some of us have attention spans that are a little bit longer than goldfish. Why don't we rewind that just a little bit to, I don't know, let's let's think here. Donald Trump made a phone call. He made a perfect phone call to a certain European president who had just unexpectedly won election. And that phone call, he congratulated that certain, uh, that, that certain unexpected president, congratulated him, and warned him 
that there was corruption all around him. Now, I know a lot of people don't do this, but if you want to get into the weeds, Donald Trump made that phone call public. The transcript released the whole thing. And if you don't remember, I know it was it was a few years ago. That president was Voldemort Zelensky, who's now the people's champion, the world champion. Everybody loves him. We just sent him $60 billion since February. And Donald Trump congratulated him and warned him that there was corruption all around him. And what does Alexander Vindman do? He goes to Adam Schiff, says we have to have hearings, impeachment hearings, because I know of this phone call where Donald Trump was trying to dig up dirt on Joe Biden, his potential candidate, his his potential opponent in the upcoming election. Donald Trump congratulates Voldemort Zelensky for winning and winning his election, and saying that there's corruption all around him. Now, mind you, Joe Biden, his son was making a fortune off of the Ukrainian government. Somewhere to the tune of $87,000 a month or um, multi-million dollar for sitting on the board of an oil and gas company called Burisma. So Joe Biden's son is making a fortune through his father's connections. And guess what Joe Biden himself bragged about was is that there was a, a certain, uh, our version of a district attorney in the Ukraine that was investigating this company called Burisma where Hunter Biden was sat on the board making a fortune. Joe Biden goes over there and says, hey, we're going to give you a billion dollars, but you've got to fire this prosecutor. And they said, we can't do that. And they said, well, fine. Um, all I have to do, and this is while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States while this was going on. He goes, well, fine. If you're not going to fire him, all I got to do is say you're not getting the billion dollars. If you don't believe me, call Barack. He'll tell you the same thing. And then Joe Biden says, quote, and son of a bitch, guess what happened six hours later? They fired him. But that's, that's not suspicious in any way. Nobody bats an eye at that. So you fast forward to last week. CPAC says that Donald Trump will be the next nominee for for the Republican uh, candidate for president. Two days later, the FBI is raiding his home. And nobody pauses to think about that. Nobody goes, isn't that suspicious? Yeah, we're two years out from the election and a million and one things could happen and whatever it may be. But just the fact that he's using our Justice Department to investigate his potential opponent. And not, none of that's weird. Just, it's not even weird. It doesn't, you don't even have a smell test for that. So yeah, it's a little bit bizarre. So, <clears throat> we, go, we, we go through all of that. And the next thing you know, somebody, somebody goes up in Cincinnati with a nail gun and a, a rifle or whatever, goes to the FBI headquarters in Cincinnati, uh, tries to break in, ends up in a chase, ends up getting shot, fires back and forth, whatever. So this guy goes nuts. Threats against the FBI increase. 
And then what happens? Now they start painting everybody as uh, anybody that's upset about it is, is a right-wing extremist. Now it is odd to me that for the past several years, our Justice Department, our Homeland Security Department, they are saying that the number one threat to American security and safety is right-wing extremists. But it's just, it is bizarre. It, it, even that should kind of give you a, okay, how many right-wing extremists right now are shooting up schools? No, left-wing kids are doing that. How many right-wing extremists uh, were involved in shooting up the Pulse nightclub, killing 57 people here in Orlando? No, none. How about San Bernardino? How many right-wing extremists were involved there? You see, when I do when I do my weekly news outbreak, I read all of the news. Well, I mean, not all all of it, but all of all of, all of your CNNs, your BBC, the AP, uh, NBC, ABC. I read Fox. I read Drudge, and none of these I read to gather news, to gather truth. For the news outbreak, you know, I, I do 10, 15 headlines a week, and I, I find a headline from all of them. I kind of get to, I, I'll read through whatever headline stands out to me, and I'll look for a joke in it so that I can do the satire to, to, for the second half of, of the headline. But the only other reason why I read through all of it, it's New York Post, Washington Post, The Times, all of them, is I'm also looking for patterns. And it's one thing I've always kind of picked up on is you flip to the channels on your radio and some of them are owned by this company, some of them are owned by that media company. And you'll hear their, you know, anytime they break in and do anything on the news, it is the exact same word for word copy. It is the same copy. They just read it all. It gets shot out to all of them and they all just read it. And you can really pick up a lot of, what the narrative is supposed to be by, I mean, mass reading headlines. You'll find a theme. It doesn't take long. Last week's theme, right-wing extremists. Right-wing extremists are the enemy. We have to be on the lookout for them. And a lot of people are visibly upset about this. And... To one extent, yes, should be very, very upset about what our Justice Department has been up to, what our Department of Education, what our CDC, all of those three-letter bureaucracies, the ATF, all of them. Yeah, you should be upset about it. But at the same time, they are pushing this idea that America is looking for a civil war. And that could not, in my opinion... That cannot be farther from the truth. America's looking for a civil war to overthrow the government or, or whatever it may be. And that's supposed to be extreme. That's the mantra they're pushing. If you go to, if you go to our Declaration of Independence, and sure, most people on the right or left haven't read that one word for word, start to finish. But... When they did when they when they drafted the most important breakup letter in history in order to establish a new government, 
what gets glossed over, what people don't read, are the list of usurpations. There's 26 of them. I won't go through all of them, but here's why I don't, why we're not there, why we're not at a point where it's time to overthrow the government. But our federal government is getting awfully comfortable, comfortable doing a few of these things. If you go through it, um, about halfway down the list, they're talking about King George. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. That does sound familiar, doesn't it? All these brand new agencies, the IRS, with an army now, they're arming them. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. Now, he's not sent our military into our neighborhoods. That's, that's, that's China crap. That's what China's been doing. But he's, he's sending the IRS after you. <coughs> he's sending the ATF after you. He's sending um, the FBI after just average Americans. It's, it is, that is kind of beyond the pale. He's combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction of jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretend legislation. How about the Iranian deal? That specifically, that usurpation speaks specifically to the Iran deal or the Paris Accords. Where, sure, he goes out there and uh, um, President Obama, well, it's not really binding, but it's an agreement that we've all had, that we're all going to adhere to this. No, if you want to make a treaty with foreign nations, it has to go through our Senate. And that's a supermajority that you can't break just because you want it to. So, yeah, so I'm counting one, two, three of them for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of a trial by jury. Now, this is a line that is really, really, really blurred in the past 18 months. And it's in the Fourth Amendment in our Constitution. But they have really blurred that through January 6th. Such a threat to our democracy, blah, blah, blah. You might as well just... Average citizens go to a military tribunal if it's that bad. But no, many of these people, hundreds of them, have been sitting, many in solitary confinement since their arrest with no speedy trial. And regardless of where you stand on whether or not January 6th was was pushed into it or if it was was an insurrection or however you want to label it, it, there's due process. for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our government. Doesn't that sound familiar? Altering fundamentally the forms of our government. What was, what was Barack Obama's battle cry? To fundamentally transform the United States of America. You don't get to do that. We have a constitution, but they're fine with it. Michelle Obama saying that we have to change our history. We have to change our words. 
in order to fundamentally transform. They keep saying fundamentally transform. Those are the patterns I keep talking about. So I've got four or five usurpations that uh, our founding fathers had listened. And out of the 26, it's, it's not the majority. So no, I, I don't believe in any way that we're to, to a point of abolishing, starting anew. We're not there. I don't believe we, we will get there. I, I have... I have faith in America. I have faith in in our founding, in our laws. I have faith in her people. That at some point, at some point, have to wake up. Not not wake up and let's dive in and let's get, you know, everybody's got to get their marching orders and we're going to jump into every conspiracy theory out there or we're going to be activists on every level. But no, the average American, regardless of what political aisle you're from, can critically think, not not listen to the just whatever platitudes you're being told from your politicians, from where whatever source you get your news. But what are our American principles? What kind of a country are we? And that's what's it's kind of scary. How many people don't even care to know? I look at a. Uh, Conversation after after the Trump raid and all of that, and uh, I don't get into a whole lot of battles on social media or anything. It's a waste of time or whatever. I'd made a comment, and somebody comes back in, and they say something along the lines of, um, I'm paranoid, and by the way, they never wiretapped Trump. I'm like, that story is six years old. And the fact of the matter is, and it's you don't have to go very far to find out that, yes, they did. They did actually have his campaign under surveillance. The FBI, hmm, again. So the FBI had his campaign under surveillance so much so that they had to move their headquarters out of New York. And everybody kept going, that's a lie, blah, 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 blah. And then they kept parsing words. Nobody wiretaps anymore. That's from the 60s. Well, no. Not a wiretap. Surveillance. Yes, the technology has advanced a little bit. Thank you. We, we all got you. We, we, it makes sense. But see, they're not hiding it, and they're not denying it. They've already said it. It's just that nobody cared because it was years later. Three years later, the FBI's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we did. You don't have to look very far for that. But... Somebody goes to counter my whatever point I was making with a lie that was six years old that has already been admitted that, no, that actually was true. Yes. They put Carter Page in jail for trumped-up charges, for lack of a better word. Um, Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn, ruined that man when... Peter Strzok, FBI agent Peter Strzok, had already said he had interviewed him and said, no, I don't think he's lying. The FBI has doctored memos, and then months later he comes back and goes, yeah, by the way, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he, he was lying. When in his memos, no, he didn't think he was, he thought he was being forthright and, and truthful. And they, they ruin him anyway. 
But I can understand, I, I can definitely understand why people are so frustrated. Why they're, they're frustrated or to, to the point where some are boiling over is because every time you turn around, they're chipping away, they're goading it, they're pushing people, they're making people crazy. And it's all to collapse, in my opinion, it's all, it's all to collapse how our government works. We have to have faith in the systems. And they, they erode them a little bit at a time. Look at our election systems. Sure, everybody wants to say that this, you know, Trump keeps saying that the election was stolen. Well, who's been saying it since um, Al Gore ran against Je- uh, um, George W. Bush? Dangling chads. Born and raised here in Florida. I still haven't forgotten the dangling chads. It went to the Supreme Court. Al Gore. The institution's wrong. Blah, 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 blah. Then any time, like Hillary wouldn't win or whatever, it was the Russians changed the, uh, changed the election outcome. And what percentage of the American public believes, actually does believe that Russians altered votes when that never happened? But they believe it because Hillary Clinton for, where are we at now? How, how many times did she run for president and lost? And every time it's because the system is rigged. She keeps it to this day. Look at Stacey Abrams in Georgia, not the governor. Why? The system was rigged. They have been saying this for decades to erode away at those institutions that we're supposed to trust. And then you look at conservatives. I remember I was a couple of years late to getting to the Tea Party. So it was about 09 when I got involved. And. I remember that 2010 midterm election where the wave election gave uh, Republicans the largest majority in, I think it was over 100 years, 87 freshmen. And what happens? They're there, brought there by the grassroots, by actual Americans that got concerned about how much we were spending, how our government was spending. And what do they do? Our Republican leadership, and this is really what turned for me, and that's why so many people are like, oh, he's a Republican, blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not. I might be registered a Republican. But if the Republican Party is somebody like John Boehner, who told the 87 freshmen to sit down, shut up, this is how things are done. If you want to get reelected, go to K Street, get, your, get to your closest lobbyist, and let's start writing policies that's going to get you wealthy, or we'll run you out of town. And John Boehner, Paul Ryan, all those champions. Look at Mitt Romney, our 2012 champion. Who has he become? How about Liz Cheney? How about Mitch McConnell? How about Lindsey Graham? The only time he sounded anything like a conservative, and somehow he's on Fox News every night with Sean Hannity, was when he was defending Brett Kavanaugh, who... Doesn't does he is not a constitutional Supreme Court justice. He's a precedent justice. He is cited on the wrong side of the Constitution more often than not since he was placed. But that's what got Lindsey Graham any kind of notoriety as somewhat close to what people thought Republicans used to be. So no. We, there's 
you've got conservatives that are going, I'm going to vote and I'm going to send these people to Washington. And what do we do? You're John Boehner's, you're Mitch McConnell's. They all say, sit down, shut up. This is how business is done. You got to sit here for 30 years and you'll be wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. If not, we'll run you out of town. So I can, I can understand how conservatives get frustrated. But the key is, is that all of the things that seem to be escalating, to be building, they're goading. They're goading just a couple, just a couple people to get into a fight. You have to resist that, that urge to, where they're, they're making you feel weak when it is you that has the power. You have the strength. But if at every corner you keep hearing that you're powerless, you're weak, and the only thing you can do is resort to violence, they're goading you into this. They're, they're, they're driving people, and it just takes a few people to make those horrible, bad decisions. Look at January 6th. There was over a million people on the National Mall that day. And three or four hundred people made a very bad decision. And many of those people made that bad decision because the Capitol Police invited them into the Capitol. They just opened the doors. A lot of people just wandered through. Just, oh, doors are open. No, they should have known better. Yes, the 300 of them should have known better. But regardless, all it takes is just a handful, 300, 300 or so people out of a million in one city made a bad call for a few hours on the 6th of January. And look what the narrative has been ever since. They fell right into it. They played right into the trap. The FBI, during COVID lockdowns, wanted to see if they could convince four men who had never met, who had similar domestic terroristic threats or ideals, if they could convince the four of these people to partake in a plan to kidnap the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. They set this up. They put it all together. It's it's, It's going through a retrial right now because they had a mistrial. But the prosecution fell apart because these men had never met each other. It was the FBI that put the four of them together and had entrapped them into doing something terrible. And they did it. They, when they arrested these four men for attempting to kidnap Gretchen, uh, the, the governor, Gretchen Whitmer, it was all over the news. Look, four domestic terrorists have, you know, the FBI has foiled a plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. Two years later, what happens? Oh, yeah, they, they were, they're mistrial, so we have to retry them because the, Turns out the FBI put the whole thing together. Nobody knows that. They're not apologizing to the public for going, yeah, that one was on us. But they're goading people into doing these kinds of things. And I go, I go back to, what was it, 2010, there was a movie come out, uh, The Other Guys. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell, Michael Keaton, and there are a couple of cops uh, Mark Wahlberg's a hothead cop, ends up uh, riding a desk as a detective with a forensic detective played by Will Ferrell, who's just nerdy nerd, kind of a cop. It's a buddy cop comedy movie. Anyway, about four people saw it. I did. And there's a scene in that movie where the department can't stand Will Ferrell's character. 
and he's just a gullible nerdy, runs a calculator, whatever. And they ask him if he's if he's ever done a desk pop. He's like, what's that? Well, that's where you discharge your firearm in the office. And they talk him into it, and they ask around, when's the last time you had a desk pop? And guy's like, uh, November 08, and whatever. So finally they convince him. What does he do? Is he discharges his firearm in the office and gets in trouble, so much so that Michael Keaton, the chief, comes in and goes, I need your gun. I'm going to give you this wooden gun until I feel like you can use yours properly. If you want a wooden gun right now, this is what happens. You start behaving like that dude in Cincinnati. This is how you get a wooden gun. You give them all the reasons they need to to do that. But what do you do? What are we supposed to do? We have to do what's right. We have to do what Dr. King wanted. When he said, we're going to protest and we're going to change the culture. And we're going to change that paradigm. So we have to do it peacefully, arm in arm, and be willing to take the blows. When they marched, they, they knew in lockstep that no, nobody lashes out. They're going to hit you. They're going to throw rocks at you. They're going to hit you with the water guns. Do not lash out. That is what they want. They will paint you as the aggressor. But no, I encourage you right now, we are in the midterm election season, and you have to, have to, have to get out there and vote. But not just vote for just Christmas tree, that, that whole ballot, and go all the way down. I want you to, to study who's on that ballot. And if, you, if you're in a district or say you're sending somebody to Washington that's been there for 30 years, and they won't stand against this kind of this injustice, then primary them. Vote for, for vote for somebody, and if and if this cycle they're not up, they're not going to be primaried. The next next cycle, get them out and warn them, because what needs to happen is is if we get this red wave election that they keep talking about, and it's the most important election of our lifetime. Guess what? Every election is the most important in your lifetime because you are supposed to be actively persist, participating in your government. The reason why the Pelosi's are so wealthy, why the McConnells are so wealthy, is because we're not actively participating in our government. Taking our government back needs, means that, no, let somebody run. Let them get to office. If they don't do what's in the best interest of your community, if you're the one voting for them, throw the bum out and put another one in. There's no reason for somebody to be there 30 years and not do anything for your community other than build their own wealth. I want to see if, if this red wave, if, say, the Republicans take the House, don't get the Senate, whatever it is. No, this new Congress, no. Don't cut the funding. Don't do that whole defend the police thing, blah, 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 blah. No, just hold it. Hold it. Say, we're not going to give another nickel out to the FBI, the ATF, the IRS. Not until you fire Christopher Ray and Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland is the largest conflict of interest there possibly is. Donald Trump is the reason why he's not a Supreme Court justice. He's an attorney general, just a little attorney general. He has a huge conflict of interest. Just hold back funding and say, Joe, you want your budget? You want funding? Fire these two people. Congress has the power of the purse. But it must start. The way we start is not by overthrowing and and guns blazing and, and violence or threats, empty threats. No. It's for you to actually get involved. Participate. Check up on those people you put in office. How about your school board? 
be actively involved in the process. Politics is not a joke. We've made it a joke. We've made it a character of itself. But we can't go down that road of just get angrier and angrier and angrier. You want a wooden gun? That's how you get a wooden gun. That's how they make you powerless. Lashing out is not the issue, or not, not the answer. Get actively involved. Every time you go to cast a vote, make sure you know who you're, who you're voting for. So few incumbents get primaried because nobody ever bothers. That's my Republican. That's, who's, that's who I'm supposed to vote for. Been there 30 years. Just go ahead and vote for them. No. If they're playing the game... If they're no better than your John McCain, or your, your, yeah, especially John McCain, if they're no better than John McCain, Mitt Romney, if they're not doing anything to protect the Constitution, primary them. Get to your community. Talk to people. Get them primaried. Send them a signal. We can take our country back, not by violence. We can take it back by actually being Americans. That's the key. Actually be an American. Now, look, if you want abortion legal in your state, then get actively involved in that legislation. It's how our country was formed. It's how it's supposed to work. Don't lash out with hyperbole. Do it. Get with your neighbors. Find common ground. Don't just assume that everybody's going to be blanket one side or the other. No. People find common ground. That's what we're supposed to do. But But the left, the right, the media... They're all playing together to keep you from finding common ground because they're the ones that only benefit. They're the only ones that benefit in our country if the American people um, can't find common ground. So we've got one quick deadbeat sponsor left, and we're going to give her a shot at the Florida man's pun and done to wrap things up for this week. So bear with us for this next Deadbeat Sponsor break, and then Florida Man's Pun and Done. This portion of the program is brought to you by Moly Moly Guacamole. It's never a mole steak to enjoy Moly Moly Guacamole whenever you're on the job. Book me, it's delicious. This sort of thing is my bag, baby. It will make number two work for you. It's better than pork pies in a bag of trout. Even after they pay me, I'm going to melt the world with liquid hot moly moly guacamole. My father would womanize. He would drink. He would put moly moly guacamole on meat helmets. It's like catnip for clowns. It's delicious, but not quite evil enough. It's quasi-evil. It'll put a load on deck that would choke a donkey. It's gonna start a fire. I put it on my baby. Mmm, everybody likes their own brand. But moly moly guacamole is the best. Yeah, baby. And welcome back to America's Pal. Before we close things out, let's do Florida Man's Pun and Done. This week's Pun and Done 
It's about a pirate I was tending by in St. Augustine, Florida. The year was somewhere around 1856. And I was ten in the bar, and this pirate comes walking in. He was a very old friend. I had known him many, many years. His name had gained some notoriety. He was known as the Dread Pirate Halfbeard. But as Halfbeard comes in, and I had not seen him in so many years, I noticed that he did not look the same as when I first saw him. I said, Halfbeard, you look terrible. Why... When you first came in here, when we first met, you were so young and you were full of life. And you were a strong, able-bodied young man. What has happened? And the pirate says, Gar, not at all. I'll be fine. But then I said, well, what about that wooden leg? How did you lose that wooden leg? You had two when I saw you. Now you got one that's made of wood. Gar, said my friend Halfbeard. We were in a battle in sea, and a cannonball hit me leg. I took it clean off, but then the surgeon, he fixed me up, and, and I'll be fine. I get around just fine on it. And I understand, okay, so you've got this wooden leg, but and you appear to be fine, able to move around on it. But what about this hand? You used to have two very strong hands attached to the end of your arms. Now you only have one, and the other one looks to be has some sort of a hook attached to it. What happened to your hand? Gar! That's another story. I was on the deck, and we were swinging from deck to deck in another battle this time. It's close hand to hand, and I had pulled me saber, and we were fighting hand to hand, and... Wouldn't you know it, as I reached up to take a swing, somebody took me hand off just at the rest. But that's okay, I'll be fine. They fitted me with this hook, and I'll be just as fine. I get around just fine. I can swing me saber with the left hand. And so I said to Halfbeard, I said, okay, so you've got a wooden leg, you've got a hook for a hand, but now I notice that you're wearing an eye patch. Now, when I last saw you, you had two very bright blue eyes, and now you have one blue eye that looks a bit faded, and then the other is covered with this patch. What happened to your eye? Gar, that's another story. It started out as a beautiful day. I was on the deck of the ship. There was no fighting around. It was a beautiful day. The wind in my hair and blowing through half of me beard, and I'm looking up into the heavens, and I'm amazed at how beautiful it is. And then, wouldn't you know it, a gull flies over, and he craps right in my eye. So I says to my friend, Halfbeard, Halfbeard, you cannot be serious. There's no way a gull crapping in your eye could leave you blind and lost of one eye, forcing you to wear this ridiculous eye patch. Gar, you don't understand. It was me first day with the hook. And that wraps up this week's pun and done. If you hated that, definitely give me a thumbs up. Dad jokes are my specialty. So, anyway, tune in next week. We've got a great show ready for you every Tuesday. And don't remember, don't forget that this is our country. This is our America. And it doesn't take extremes be a good America. It takes us to be actively involved in our government. Until then, look for America's Call everywhere you find podcasts. Look for
course, on YouTube, and we'll see you.